G'day and welcome to the Aussie Pastor Live, right here on Faith FM. G'day, my name is Lloyd Grolleman, I'm the Aussie Pastor coming to you from a very, very soggy, and I mean really <laughs> soggy Sydney Hunty, welcome to the program. Yes, also underwater. Welcome, listeners. Good to have you with we're, us. We're doing it remote. We are. We are. That's right. We're not in our I'm, normal I'm, studio. I'm not, and Lloyd aren't we in the same room together. Uh, I'm sitting in my lounge room, and Hunty's sitting in his house over there um, across the water. The other side of the Hawkesbury. <laughs> the other side of the Hawkesbury. And we have two studios. One studios uh, we use is at the Orange Farm. Mr. Schofield, beautiful place. He uh, very generously lets us use a studio that he has for radio, and it's surrounded by flood. Yep, Is that right, Hunty? Yeah, we can't get to that. In fact, you went in Sunday morning pretty early to get all this gear out, so we could. Yeah, I woke up seven o'clock Sunday morning, and I had this feeling. I said to Jackie, "I said it's my wife." I said, "Let's go, let's go get all our gear." And then a few minutes later, we we're on the road, and I get a call from you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you asked the question. <laughs> You're already on the way. Well, on the way, yes. So we grabbed all our gear. And I took Lloyd's mic to his place and my mic to my place, and we got set up so we could do this uh, remote well, this afternoon. We're not really set up that good, to be honest. No, that's true. Uh, and we're on a wing and a prayer today, yep. so I'm not even sure we're going to get through the radio show. In fact, in let me piece. let me let me warn you, listeners: if we collapse, the computer will play a song automatically. Hopefully we'll be able to regroup and come back on. So don't write us off if you hear us crackle out for a few seconds. Yeah, and if it's uh, sometimes I'm fading in and out, well, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I'm the internet. trying from this end. <laughs> with the Aussie NBN, which is never real good, is it? Not um, in this part of the world. It's a bit oversubscribed. Yeah, we can't get to our TV studio either. I mean, that's massively flooded out. In fact, I've in got fact. it on... Look, I've got it on pretty good authority, my neighbours that our studio actually is underwater. Yeah, that's such a tragedy. I'm sorry to, sorry to tell you that, Hunty. No, it's such a tragedy. Um, yep. Yeah, and that could be a lot, a lot of damage uh, and yep. a great setback for us. But yep. you know what? Uh, we're alive. Yep, we are. We're, we're dry. Yep. Uh, God blesses us, and in this life, uh, good things and bad things happen, Hunty, and I think you've got to learn to walk uh, with the good and the bad with the Lord. That's he, right. He cares for us, and I think, you know, I was thinking about it today because if we're underwater like I suspect we are, um, it'll be thousands and thousands of dollars worth of damage. Yeah. Um, and, in fact, probably we can't build our studio there again, Hunty. We'll, we'll just have to pull it down and yep. get the council out to take all the wreckage away. Yep. Um, but I was thinking to myself, you know, we can't put our roots down too deep in this world anyway. True. And things are pretty bad at the moment. It's, it's, it's almost like, to me, the world is dying. And I think if we keep things in perspective that we're not here in this world for long, don't put your roots down too deep, I think we're going to be okay. Yep. Because uh, the one thing, you know, the storms can take our homes. Uh, the devil can even take our lives. But what he can't do is take our walk with Jesus. True. And that will always bring me great comfort. Hey, July 5. That's today, Hunty. Yes. 3.36 p.m. Yes, we're live. Coming to you live yes. out of Soggy Sydney. Let me tell you what happened on July 5. Okay. This is one This is one you'll find interesting. In 1865, the United States Secret Service began. Huh. 
Now, what does the Secret Service do? Oh, do we all? Does anybody does know? Any, my friend? Does anybody know? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're secret. That's the that's in the name, isn't it? Really, I guess. Oh, I think it's a, <clears throat> they're America's spies. Okay. Um, in 1954, the BBC began daily television news broadcasts, and I think they were one of the first in the world to do that. That's very cool. I, I was brought up in a home, mate. We didn't have television. We didn't have electricity. We had nothing of those sorts. And so the fact that television existed was a wonder to me as a little <laughs> kid. I was born in 1963. What about this one? In 1994, Jeff Bezos. Yeah, Bezos, yep. Bezos founded Amazon. Wow. Today, July 5th. I, you know, I had friends that bought shares back in the mid-90s who are doing I've very, very well today. Yes, Amazon shares, yes. Yeah. Yeah. 1996, Dolly the Sheep. You know about her? Nope. She was the first cloned mammal from a single cell. Oh, yeah, that's right. I do remember Dolly now. She was born in 1996. I don't think she... I think she only lived six or seven years. How long does a sheep live? Don't know. I don't know. Don't know. But I think she only lasted six or seven years, and then she departed. But that was a a famous uh, scientific breakthrough. Mm. And then this one in 2004, the now this means a little bit to my family. In 2004, the first, on this day, July 5, 2004, the first direct election of an Indonesian president by the people of Indonesia. Ooh. That means something to me because my wife is Indonesian. Yes. And births, look, I I went through the deaths of July 5, didn't know a single person. Yep. And I'm into history. Births, I could only find one. Huey Lewis. Oh, great musician. Born in, <laughs> in fact, I could tell you a story about Huey Lewis in the sure, news. I'm sure you, you should you be careful. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Lloyd and, I, Lloyd and I were in Las Vegas. We were in Las Vegas. Born, you, just before you tell yep. the story, when yep. was he born? I don't know. 1950. Oh, wow. So 72. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, we were in Las Vegas. And yeah, perhaps that story for another day, perhaps. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're glad you're here. Um, it was a great program lined up for us. Yeah. We've got a special guest. and share us what's happening. Yep, we've got ourselves your pastor as usual, and we've got a good friend of uh, Pastor Lloyd's, Gary Webster. We look forward to uh, chatting with him later in the program. He's an archaeologist. They yes. dig up the ground. Yes. And can I encourage off. you to send in your questions to the Ask the Aussie Pastor segment? We've already got a few. They're pretty good. But if you'd like to send these in your questions, we'd love to have them. You can send them to us one of two ways. You can text them to us or SMS them to us on 0488-880-851 or you can email them to us, info at aussiepastor.com. No question too hard. Now, uh, again, <laughs> Gary, Gary. Gary Gary, is an archaeologist. Yes. He digs up things and um, he's got some really interesting things to share. I've got some very interesting questions. I'm actually going to ask him this question, Hunty. Yep. You know that movie, um, Raiders? Raiders of the Lost Ark? <laughs> How did I know you were going there? <laughs> Indiana Jones? Well, apparently, Indiana Jones was, in this, this particular movie, was chasing the Ark of the Covenant. Yep. We'll talk about this in a minute, which is something the Israelites made up while they were in the desert, going from Egypt to Israel, from slavery to freedom. And this is thousands, 4,000, 3,000 years ago. They built a temple out of a tent, and they built this Ark of the Covenant, and God's presence came down. His very presence came down and rest. So God was rested on the Ark of the Covenant. It went missing sometime in, uh, I think it was around the time of Jeremiah. Ooh. And I, I'm going to ask Gary whether yep. he thinks I'll ever find it. 
Cool. That would be some fine, wouldn't it's it? It's a huge piece of gold, isn't it? Isn't it gold? It's got, yes, it's overlaid with gold. I'm also going to ask him about Noah's Ark. Yes. Whether they'll ever, so that's going to be an interesting interview. Yeah, it I'm will be interesting. I think yep. he's in Western Australia at the moment, isn't he? Uh, he's just flown home. He's back in Sydney now. Is, is he? He, we, we're talking to him from his residence in Sydney, I do believe. Well, no, no, we're going to have a prayer. Hunty's got his, he's about to move us on. We're going to have a prayer to invite the Lord to be with us today. So if you don't mind, let's just bow our heads and we'll talk to the Lord. Yep. Thank you, Jesus, that uh, you bless us with so many blessings. In this time of hardship, for many people, sickness as they struggle with COVID and other diseases, um, I just pray, Lord, and as this flood descends upon us in Sydney and the surrounds of this city, a terrible flood, I just pray, Jesus, that we'll sense and feel you today and that we'll know that even though bad things happen, you are in control. We thank you for it. Even in the bad times, way down in the valley, it's a good, you are a good God to serve. So bless us now. May we see you on this radio program this afternoon. It's my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Ernie Huss and Signature Sound, I like these guys. Yeah, me too. They're always pretty lively, but they sing beautiful music. This is a song we had on just recently, but this is a different brand, uh, different different way of, different version, different yep. way of singing it. Yep. My Heavenly Father watches over me, and I think, we've, as I said in the prayer, with floods and sickness, you know, COVID is on the increase, I think. It is. More people have died of COVID in just the last couple of months than in the entire history of COVID in Australia. We kind of just not looking at it, it's not in the news, don't recognise. But there are a lot of people out there listening to us right now who are sick yep. and are scared. Yep. And I think we need to know that if we have a relationship with Jesus, if we've asked him into our hearts, if he is our Lord and Saviour, then our Heavenly Father, God himself, does watch over, does watch over us. I hope you enjoy this song. Trust in God wherever I may be upon the land or on the stormy sea. The stormy sea. There come what may from day to day. From day to day.
Good song, Hunty. What a ripper. I'll Loved trust it. in God. My heavenly Father watches over me. You know, it's surreal, mate. Yep. I, I'm sitting here in the place we rent here in Riverston, and by the way, Riverston is surrounded by water. We're on we're on a hill. Praise God here mm. in Riverston where we rent. Mm. Mm. So it's not going to get us here. Well, if it does, Sydney, the entire city will go under. But it's surreal to sit here, what ninety minutes away from our studio. Yep. And my home. Yep. And to know that as I sit here, water is ripping through my place. Yep. And yet... Sadly, there's no way we can get to it. Yeah, we can't get to it. Probably won't be able to get there out there for a week or two. But you know what? you just got to trust in God, don't you? You do. What can you do? What can you do? Mm. Um, news. news this rain event smashing New South Wales, Hunty. Yep. It started raining on Friday. It's now Tuesday. This rain event is so large, it's been described in the newspaper today really hard to fathom. And the BBC in England, second time I've talked to them. This is amazing what the BBC had to say. Yeah. You want want to tell them? You want me to tell them? No, you tell them. Put it in perspective. It showed that from Friday to Monday last night that Sydney had been smashed, and I mean really smashed, with 733 millimetres of rain. And to put that in perspective, so that's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, four days. In contrast, London, which is perceived worldwide as a rainy city, records just 615 millimetres annually, hunty. That's right. So we've had 733 mil in four days. London has... 615 millimetres annually. Yep. It, it. This is an incredible rain event. It, it's it's like nothing. I, look, I have owned that property out there since 2008. Yep. What's that? Uh, I mean, 14 years. Yep. We've been through everything, bushfires and floods, never anything like this. And do you know what number flood this is in six months? Aren't yeah, you? it's three or four, isn't it? Number three. Three, wow. And it's four... Inside a year. Wow. Unbelievable. And we're just getting smashed. And you look at these awful events that are happening worldwide, and you, you can't just help but think these are signs of the times. Yep. We're living in a world where physically the planet seems to be breaking down. And then there's this next news item. On July 4, which is a big day for America, that's the Independence Day. Yep. It's like Australia Day, but only a lot bigger, eh, Humpty? Biggest celebration uh, probably in the in the calendar. Or in the world. Is there any country that celebrates their independence like the Americans? No, they're the winners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've lived there for a while. Been Fireworks, there like parades. It's a big deal. Yep. But in Chicago, a gunman on a rooftop opened fire. Yeah. On, independent, on an Independence Day parade in suburban Chicago, this is yesterday, and he killed at least six people and wounded 30. Yep. And I think they were having some trouble catching him, but they've just caught him. And you think again at the senselessness of the violence that we're seeing in the world today, and people's minds are unhinged and something's going wrong with people out there. I mean, America has had guns forever, true? Yeah. But they haven't had this sort of struggle and trial. And I was listening to a guy on YouTube on one of the news channels, and he was an American supporter of guns. 
And he was saying, look, even though I support guns, I think that this problem is with us and is going to continue to stay with us. And, you know, in America now, hunting, mass shootings are a daily occurrence. Correct. Yep. And, and you know what he said? You know what he said? What's that? He said, if you're in a crowd and you hear pop, 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 yep. he said, you automatically need to start to think that's a gun and you need to take cover. Absolutely. And yep. And how sad is that to live in a country where that's the case? Well, it's more dangerous to be a child in school now than to be a police officer. Oh man, it, it's uh, th- there are some good things about living in Australia, uh, isn't there? And did you know that um, that Switzerland per capita they nearly have as many guns per capita as the US, and very few mass zero killings. zero. Well, this guy I was listening to, not a Christian, just a secular guy, um, this morning on on YouTube, on this YouTube news program, he was saying that America has become an immoral place where sexual sin. Where greed uh, and licentiousness, where where uh, evil and wickedness is is practiced and celebrated, and he said, "Man, he said, when you have minds unhinged like that," and he was talking about how I don't know whether this is true, Hunty, where he was saying the Americans are the freest people in the world. Do you reckon that's true? Possibly, isn't well, they're freer than us. Yeah, they are a lot freer than us. I mean, we've got to get a fishing license. We've got to get a license to ride a jet ski and a boat separately. I could go on. I could go on. Making us get a bike license, man. They're talking about getting a motorcycle, a push push bike, and a a caravan towing license. Well, some people out there towing caravans (laughs) probably need a license. (laughs) You can't. You can't even. In some parts of Australia, you can't even grow food on your own property without a license. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't. You can't dam up the water, and you can't collect water without a license. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, they're talking about licensing. Our bores. Well, some bores are licensed. That's already. right. That's right. We're talking about licensing every bore yep. on Australia. Yep. If charging. And there's even been talk about charging you for water that falls on your roof and goes into your... Correct. Tank. That's exactly right. We're not free in this country. No, no. But the Americans are a free people. Yes. And he said, while you've got freedom and while you've got a breakdown in morality in our nation, until that's addressed, I found this really interesting. He said, you're going to continue to see these mass murders. Right. And then, Hunty... Yes. COVID, it ain't gone away. No. It's still out there. Well, we hit a milestone on Sunday. Did you know that? What's that? We hit a milestone on Sunday. Yeah, sorry when I say what's that. You got. To, I hope our listeners realise yeah. we're not in the same room. We're not room. in the same room. <laughs> Lloyd's internet is a failing exercise over here. We're yeah. on a, we really are on a wing and a prayer. I've yep. said it once, I'll yep. say it again. Yeah, well, share with us what you found. Yeah, we've hit 10,000 COVID deaths in, in Australia. As of Sunday. And they're saying that before the end of the year, another 7,500 will die. They are saying that, yes. And the main problem they're saying out there, and that none of these guys are saying we should make this law anymore, but they're saying if people would wear masks, Hunty, yep. 7,500 people between now and Christmas would live. Wow. Who are going to, who are going to die if they'd wear masks. Did you know are they're you also... wearing a mask? In, in my little studio by myself, No. But when you go out, like a shopping centre, are you wearing a mask? I make assessments. If it's going to be people everywhere, yes, I wear a mask. So if you go to Woolworths or Coles or somewhere shopping, you wear a mask? If it's empty, no. If it's full, yes. How about church? Do you wear a mask? Uh, not last week, but the week before I did, yes. Actually, I've got some pretty stringent rules at church, haven't I? Oh, do you? We're going, we're going through the middle of winter, <laughs> yep. and I am ensuring oh, the yes. laws. I've had complaint after complaint Good. about that. And I'm encouraging our church members, Come to church warm because we're going to keep the doors open. We're going to have 
good fresh air uh, blowing through. Yes. I, I actually got some, uh, what I think is very serious news just before this program started. Uh, my dad has just found out he's got COVID. Oh, no. And that is a very, very worrying thing. He's in a nursing home. He can't walk. Mm. His lungs are not that good. And uh, mm. it's knocked me about just before. Is he fact, vaccinated? I'll tell you right now, he's got two. Okay. I'll tell you right now, I'm a lot more worried about that than I am of my house and the flood. Mm, do you? I'm sorry to hear that. Houses and that can be replaced. People are are so precious. And so if you want to remember, if you're a Christian, if you're a mm. believer and you, you know Jesus, you want to remember my dad and the many other people who have got COVID at the moment, I, I know I would personally appreciate that the prayers. Yep. Did you know that yeah. they're saying approximately 2,000 of those 10,000 people that died, died needlessly because they, un- they were not vaccinated? Uh, okay. Look, I, I'm not so convinced. Maybe I'll take the other side here. I'm not so convinced that vaccinations are going to save you, hunty. Yeah. Uh, mate, I just had COVID five and a half weeks ago. You and me both. Together we had COVID, I, yep. I, I reckon hunty gave it to me. Oh, I, I don't. we I'm got it at a friend's funeral. <laughs> I, I'm very sure you gave it to me in the car on the way home. Hey, you know what? You know what? I've got the master mute button in my studio today. <laughs> You've always got the master mute yeah, button. Yeah, but you can't reach over the table and undo it from where you are now. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, and it, it's we never got over it easy, did we? No. no. Had, a bit, had a bit of long COVID, a bit of slow slothing around. Yeah, yeah. So if you've got COVID, don't be afraid. Um, these are the sorts of things. Um, take to Jesus. Share with him. If you are afraid, share with him your fears and your anxieties, and he'll help you through it uh, yep. one way or another. I yep. mean, if it, even if it went as bad as it could go, and I guess that, that means ending in, in, the, in death, in sleep, uh, if you ask, Jesus will walk with you, hunty. And it's not the end, is it? Correct. There's always a new day. Um, so three bad news stories today, Hunty. Uh, a I flood, hope there's some good news shooting. story. COVID's still percolating, but there is some, What was that, mate? I was hoping you do have a good news story for us today. Oh, I do. It's a wonderful story. Angela Tomajanovic. Tom, <laughs> uh, is that tennis? Angela, Tom, <laughs> yes. Just made the Wimbledon quarterfinals. Nice. Now, she's an Aussie girl. Good stuff. It's not just that she made the Wimbledon quarterfinals. I just loved her humble attitude. She was weeping after she won the match. And the court reporter who was doing the interview said, well, are you okay? Why are you weeping? And she said, I just didn't think I was good enough to ever win this match and get to the quarterfinals. And she's crying in joy. And, of course, crowd, you know, in a world where sportsmen are so self-orientated and so proud and arrogant at times. Hunty, I mean, take the New South Wales State of Origin team. You'll never what meet a bunch a of legends. More arrogant bunch of Beautiful, dudes out there. skillful men. But Love them all. He's this, <laughs> this girl who's humble and... Uh, um, I, I, I just I just loved her attitude, and I yes. thought that was a good news story. By the way, if 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 Queensland loses State of Origin next week, I'm putting a ban on talking football on this show. <laughs> there will be a ban. I'll, I'm going to take. There'll uh, be the biggest victory parade known to I'm, Faith FM. <laughs> mate, I'm going to take the mute button off you so that you. Hey, yeah, back to no? back to the back to the tennis. Did I hear that 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 the father? Did something to incentivize her a little bit? I don't know that. I, I heard that when they booked their hotel accommodation, that actually he, it was a house. Yes, it was, it was a, a house. house. What, what? Do you know what happened? 
Yeah, he booked through till Sunday or something or other. <laughs> so he, right? he had confidence that she was going to win. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So he booked the house. Yeah, I did. I did pick that up. Yeah, yeah. nice. But it's a good news story. In it a is a whole lot of bad news. And I think when you see these floods and you see these mass shootings, when you see pandemics ripping around the world, two things, hunting. Yep. Look up. Rely on Jesus if they impact you. And two of the three things impact us today, hunting. Yes. COVID and the destruction and the of our of our beautiful studio yep. and my home. They impact us. When you see these things, two things, rely on Jesus and look up, number two, because you are going to see Jesus real soon. You're listening to The Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Beautiful song, this one, Hunty. Yep. That I could still go free by the Redeemed Quartet. This is a group I found not so long ago. I've played three or four of their songs, and they are just beautiful. And the harmonies of these guys, something very, very special. I'm looking forward to getting to heaven. When I can sing, Hunty, yes. when I get to heaven, I'm going to start to sing yes. some of these songs. Let's hear it, mate. Got it.
Monty. Yes, boy. Kind of sing. one of those laid-back American songs. Yes. Um, I just checked the river levels. Yes. The McDonald River. And? Still rising. Uh, ten, ten metres and still rising. Oh, dear. Um, and the worst thing is, you know, the higher it goes, the more damage it does. Yes. And you live out where I live, you can't get insurance. There's no insurance for uh, for flood damage because floods have been going through forever, you know. Okay. And, and what I find difficult, Hunty, is that if they had let more water go from Warragamba when they knew this thing was coming, yep, there'd be a whole lot of us and a whole lot more. Yep, better position. Uh, better position than we are now. Mm-hmm. Um, because where I live in that valley there, the McDonald Valley, we're getting water from the Hunter and from Warragamba, so we're getting nailed from both directions. It's, it's very difficult. Terrible. And, uh, I don't know where this is going to end up. I do know this, the old pub at St Albans, which I don't go to, I don't drink, so I don't frequent that place. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's going to go under. It, it's not going to go under, it's under, because he's the same height as me. Mm. If I go under, he goes under, so he's under. Mm. And <clears throat> I, I, I was looking at some of my neighbours up the road, um, couple of friends of mine who we buy eggs and honey from their tractors under their cars under all their farm equipment is under i mean this obviously they can't get on the get it onto any higher ground and this is just a this is a catastrophe for the people in the mcdonald valley Mm. and for the hawkesbury um and it is something anyway let's move on to something far more uh, uh positive gary webster have we got you there my friend hello lord how are you? Good, thanks, buddy. Are you dry? I am dry. We're on a hill. Uh, you're <laughs> nice. Uh, I don't know where you live. Do you do you live in Sydney or do you live? No, out? we live we live in Warunga. So that's well, a, that's, a biggest, that's the highest under, hill actually. Everyone's going to go under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that the highest hill in Sydney? Did, did you know that the Sanitarium Hospital, which is on top of the hill at Warunga, is actually higher than Centrepoint? Okay. Yeah. You'll be safe, Gary. You'll be safe, I mate. Be safe, I hope, bro. <laughs> Unless we yeah. have Noah's flood. Well, it, it's, it's funny you should ask me about that. <laughs> they say that it's going to stop raining in the next day or two, and then what's scary is there's another low forming off the coast right now, which they said might hit us next week. Oh, great. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Anyway. Really, really feel for you guys out west there, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's not good. It's not good. We're, we're okay where we live, Uh I, I rent a house here in Riverston. I'm all right. I'm, I'm on top of a hill. If I go under, we're in real trouble. And I think you're on top of a hill too, aren't you, Hunty, where you live? Yes, I'm 23 metres above sea level. So right now, I'm 10 metres above the Hawkesbury River watching it come up. Actually, the Hawkesbury's dropping, bro. Oh, it was coming right? up an hour ago. Yeah, no, I just looked at it. Oh. It's, 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 it's dropping. So the Hawkesbury River Bridge was going it. further and further down around lunchtime today. Well, let me just check that before we do these <laughs> questions. Uh, Hawkesbury River at, where are you? Where would we say you are? Wilberforce. Windsor? Wilberforce. Windsor? Well, Windsor's the nearest I can yep, get to Yep, that'll do. Yep. Uh, it's falling. Wow. At 3.30pm, it's falling. It's, it's at 13, it's a massive 13.9 metres over what it normally should be. Man, I don't know how they measure these, these river levels. They must do it through satellite or something because I, I, I'm waking up in the middle of the night and I'm getting river heights all night to see where the McDonald River is at. Right. Uh, I know if it goes to 13 metres, then upstairs and downstairs of my place is under. I just checked my my weather gauge, river gauge, yep. and yet it's yep. down 200, 2 millimetres. 
What's it? Drop so two millimetres? It's 13.9 metres. <laughs> so it's dropped two that's, millimetres. That's the winds of Yes, gone down two millimetres in the last little well, while. Well, I would rather it be going down than going up, brother. That's, that's a right. good sign. That's right. Yep. Okay, back to Gary. Yes, we back to Gary. About flood, flood. It's because it's impacting us so much out here, Gary, that we're, we're right. it's oh, very much... Oh, Lloyd, Wiseman's ferry's gone up. <laughs> yeah. What's that, mate? Wiseman's ferry's still going up. For the people out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's true, Hunty, uh, Wiseman's ferry, we are still going up, but we follow winds uh, two or three hours. So okay. if winds is dropping, Hunty will drop shortly. Okay, good. So I'm praying for that. Okay, Gary, I'm glad you're, you're here and I'm glad you're, you're with us. Um, introduce yourself to us a bit. What do you do for a living? Well, I um, one, one of the things I do is I fly all over the Pacific sharing programs on prophecy and archaeology and uh, take tours to the Middle East and, yeah, all sorts of goodies, Lloyd. How many um, times have you been to the Middle East, by the way? Or probably not not a huge amount, maybe seven or eight. So it's, it's people go much more than that. We've been once. Yeah, <laughs> and we're due we're due to go back in October, but I'm not Good sure how that I'm not sure how that'll unfold with the way things are going at the moment. Um, yeah, having lost our uh, studio, that is going to put a dent. Yes. At least in my personal finances. Um, yeah. That'll we'll remove the shoestring from our shoestring budget. <laughs> <laughs> so you've you've been out there, you've been to Israel eight, seven times. Um, you teach and lecture on archaeology, is that correct? Yes, yeah, so I have a degree in archaeology um, from the United States and and have dug on, have been on digs. So I like to share those things with people, Lloyd, because, um, yeah, many people are fascinated. I know when I travel on travel a lot, people ask, what do I do? And as soon as I say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm into archaeology or I'm, I was the editor of the Archaeological Diggings magazine, yep. they just they just say, wow, that's cool, cool. You know, that's interesting. And it is. Yeah, oh, yeah, very fascinating. So you are an archaeologist. Well, I suppose if you've got a degree, master's degree, you, call, yeah. you could call yourself technically an archaeologist, but I don't think I'd call myself an archaeologist, Lloyd. I, 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 I pretty much bring the discoveries of archaeology to the people in the community, the most significant ones. Have you been? Have you actually been on an archaeological dig? Yeah, our first one was in Jordan. Uh, really fascinating. Was it good? Yeah. Did you oh, enjoy yeah. it? Yeah, I loved it. Uh, I mean, my family was with me too on that occasion, so we had my daughter, two daughters and my wife. So it's hard grind, but I tell you, mate, you get up at four in the morning and you're going to work till one o'clock because it's blazing hot by then. And then you're going to wash all the pieces of pottery that you picked up out of the ground. In the Where afternoon. were you in Jordan? Where were you actually? Just outside of Amman at a place okay. called Tel Jalul. And famous for what? Um, well, I, I don't know that, I don't know which say it's famous for anything in terms of, you know, they haven't sort of found the, uh, the treasures of Tutankhamun or anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they've, they have found, for example, in that dig, this is by the Andrews University. They've been digging there maybe for 30, 40, 30, yep. 40 years. Um, they did find something fascinating on one occasion, the seal of King Balas, who's mentioned in the Bible. Wow. Uh, they actually found his seal. Okay. Uh, so my, my daughter, on the last day of the dig, we just found a wall. We came down on top of a wall, and uh, we had a little piece of dirt in the middle, and she says, Dad, can I kick that in? Uh, well, what do you say to a young kid? You know, yeah. She says, sure, kick it in. It, we, it's only, a, only about... You know, 15 centimetres yeah. high, you could kick it in. When she kicked it in, 
Out pops a little cosmetic palette from 2,700 years ago. Whoa. This caught her fancy, so she's now an archaeologist. She lives in Vienna and she, she's in, into the Middle East all the time. So, yeah, well, that, that really got her. Yeah. Oh, I, I could imagine. I, I like the idea of archaeology. Having been there, I'm not sure I like the idea of archaeology out in the heat, digging up the ruins from ancient civilizations of thousand years past. I like, I'd like to discover things, but the heat must have been really hard work in the heat. Um, yeah, because it is it quite is. oppressive. It is, it is, it is. I mean, you're talking about the hottest part of the year, hottest time of the year in the Middle East, you know, June, July, so yeah. it's not sort of a walk in the park. No. Have you ever, on these digs you've been on from time to time, have you ever discovered anything famous? No, I would say I have. But yeah. um, we had a, we were digging in, in Israel on a couple of years ago and one of, my, uh, one of the people that was with us on the dig, he found a coin from 200 BC, so that tickle is fancy, but wow. you couldn't keep it. You, you've got to give those things in, you know. So when um, you're on a dig and you find something, you actually have to hand it in to the government, is that correct? Yeah, you, you hand can't, it in. You can't take it home. No, you hand it in to the archaeologists, and if they've got plenty of them, they might give it to the university that you dig with, and if yep. that university's got plenty, they might give it to you, so you're down the chain. Okay, so if you were to take something home, that's illegal. You get arrested yeah. at the airport, and yeah, you can take pot, pieces of pottery from the tell because it's found all over the tell, but not from yeah. not from where you're digging, just on the yeah. top. Okay, um, do people still pottery is used to date stuff? Okay, do people still do they do people still steal archaeological artifacts and things they find, or is that from the distant past? Oh, no, that's very current. They're always at that. <laughs> so there'll be a market for stolen. Oh, yeah, especially with ISIS. That's how they made a lot of money. On one okay. hand, they plundered they plundered some of the stuff in Iraq, but on the other hand, they were selling on the on the market. And that's sad, isn't it, in a way? Because some sad. of these things you want to be able to keep for everybody to see. Yeah, that's how they funded their operation to a certain degree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell me, now, I know that you're a believer in the Bible, but you're also an archaeologist. Does archaeology, and I know you'll give me a, an honest answer here, support the biblical narrative? In other words, the Bible stories, does archaeology support that, them? Yes, absolutely, Lloyd, um, unquestionably. However, uh, you know, you don't pick up a, a rock from, you know, the walk around Jericho or the this or the that. You, you're looking at a very small point in time, so the chances of finding something relevant to a particular Time is very small indeed. But we have found many, many things, and the longer we look, the more we find in terms of supporting the Bible, the biblical uh, narrative. Yeah. That must challenge some archaeologists who are either agnostic or atheist when they're on digs or they're watching other digs around the world and they're seeing people dig up things that support the biblical narrative. Well, it makes them angry, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they... they <laughs> Many of these guys don't necessarily want to have the Bible supported. Um, but, for example, just, just to give you an idea, in the Bible it talks about King David had a kingdom, right? Yep. Um, so there's been archaeologists, we call them minimalists. They, they take a minimal view of Scripture. Ah, oh, well, it, there might be a kernel of truth in that story, but by and large it's a, it's a, it's a fairy tale. Yeah. But, you know, the archaeologists in the last two or three years digging it, Kerbet Kefa in Israel, down south of Jerusalem, uh, Lachish, southwest of Jerusalem. They discovered that they had forts down there, um, big, big gate complexes. So 
David wasn't some little shepherd boy out in the back blocks of nowhere. Yeah, he was one of the major powers of the yeah. ancient world. Yeah, so, and so I that's, think that's an example, Lloyd, of where people disagree with the biblical narrative, but as as time goes on and archaeologists, you know, look, they find more evidence that, oh, no, the, the scholars are wrong, the Bible's right. Do you have any other examples of where, I, I'm just pushing a little bit because I like stories, are there any, any other examples where archaeology has proved, even unexpectedly proven the Bible true? Yeah, um, I wouldn't say we prove the Bible true. We give evidence for the narrative. That's probably a better way to look at it. Um, a, a classic example is just about four years ago they discovered the uh, seal impression of Isaiah the prophet. Um, quite a discovery. Yeah. Uh, another one, King Manasseh, you know, that, wicked, that terrible guy that made the blood flow in Jerusalem, uh, temple prostitution, you know, you name it. Yeah. He was into it. Sacrificed and, uh, his sons. He went off to Babylon and they found his seal impression. Thank God. This is, he, who is this, Manasseh? Manasseh, and thank God he turned back and God said, I've been waiting for that. I love you, man. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's a great conversion story in the Bible, isn't it? Yeah. Manasseh yeah. found forgiveness after doing some of the most yeah. terrible things. There is, there is some, um, I don't know how accurate it is. There is some evidence that Isaiah the prophet was actually his maternal grandfather and that he possibly executed Isaiah, put him in a hollow log and saw, sawed him in half. I don't know how accurate that is, but yeah, I, I was reading I, it the other day, actually. I've never heard that, Lord. I'm not saying it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. But he was certainly the son of Hezekiah, who was a good king. And you're right. It seems that he did saw Isaiah in two. You know, you don't like the words of the prophets, so you get rid of the prophet. Yeah. Actually, I was surprised when I read that and actually went back and reread it. And sure enough, yeah. it was there. But I'm with you. I'm not saying that is the case at all. No, that's, it could uh, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lord, um, I think just, to give you an, just to give you another example, yeah, yeah. Um, for example, Belshazzar, <laughs> pardon me, he's mentioned in the Babylonian records. Yeah. In the book of Daniel. Yeah. And scholars said, no, that's rubbish. Uh, we've never found any evidence of this guy at all. Yeah. Well, when archaeologists got excavating, he's certainly not the, not the king of Babylon, the last king they said, because we know it was Nabonidus. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, they get to work and, and they find a little cylinder which says Nabonidus had a son called Belshazzar. Wow. So now they know the guy exists, but is he the king? Well, they find another tablet, one of the Babylonian chronicles that called. It's in the British Museum. Both of those are in the British Museum today. And it says, King Nabonidus entrusted the kingship to Belshazzar. <laughs> well, he went out in Saudi Arabia, and he was a bit of a religious recluse and left it to his boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, 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 I have heard that before too, um, re Belshazzar. Um, so yeah, very interesting. Does archaeology, I, I don't even know whether I want to ask this question, but does archaeology ever contradict the Bible? Yes, it does sometimes. A uh, classic example is Kathleen Kenyon in Jericho. She said, no, the walls that we saw that had tumbled down, they came from a different time period. So this story about Jericho is not true. And now, this is years, just for our listeners so they know yeah. the story. You just share with us quickly the story. Yeah, well, the Israelites came out of Egypt, wandered through the Sinai Desert for 40 years, and then they came into Israel. And the first city they're going to conquer is Jericho. And according to the Bible, they marched around the city seven times, uh, each one day each week. And then on the last, last day, they marched around seven times and the walls came down. Now, scholars say, Catherine Kenyon, I should say, she says, no, nah, the walls that we find that have come tumbling down, they're not from the right time period, so the Bible's wrong. 
But um, Bryant Wood, uh, uh, an archaeologist and expert in pottery, says, no, Kathleen Kenyon has, has got the wrong dating on the sort of the pottery. So, you know, there's, there's disagreements between archaeologists themselves. Bryant Wood actually was lucky to get that in the journals because people, people didn't like to hear that the Bible was true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny, that, isn't it? It is How sad, they, actually. Lord, yeah, you, you're yeah. talking about all the trouble we've got in the world. There's a reason for it. Yeah, the there further is. we drift from God, the, the more trouble we get into in our personal lives and in societies and the homes. You know, that's the way it is. <laughs> it's, it's interesting to see secular people saying <laughs> that, isn't it? Yeah, you know, you're right. um, it's interesting. Um, now you're an archaeologist. You're also a very serious Bible student. You're a man of faith. Um, would you rely more on the Bible account or the archaeology if you came to a place where they seem to contradict each other? How would you deal with that? I would go more on the Bible, Lloyd, and I tell you why. Yep. Because time and time again, the archaeologists. <coughs> Pardon me, I've got a cough today. <clears throat> yeah, that's okay. Um, archaeologists. I, I've had a cough for six weeks, mate. <laughs> Our listeners have been listening to me and Hunty. Hunty and me cough for six weeks. True. So <laughs> this is a coughing show. They're used to it, mate. Don't worry about it. <laughs> anyway, what were we talking about, Lloyd? <laughs> uh, we're, 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 are you going to rely on the Bible or archaeology? Oh, yeah, yeah, I rely on the Bible. And the reason is, is because time and time again, critics of the Bible have said, the Bible's wrong. Only after a while, archaeologists catch up and they say, oh, we were wrong. Uh, a classic example is the Hittites. They found, yeah, they thought yeah. they don't even exist and they, they found a whole city called Hittites. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 I like that. I like that answer. Um, yeah, just, just, pro- just hang around long enough, Lloyd, and you'll find out that the Bible's right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and every time. Um, here's, every some, time. here's some questions that us uh, ordinary folk would ask, will I ever find Noah's Ark? Good question, Lloyd. <laughs> look, <laughs> look. well, one thing's for sure, they haven't found it. There's lots of claims sometimes out there, but yeah. archaeologists have not found Noah's Ark. They'd like to. I mean, wouldn't you think Christians would like to find Noah's Ark? Yes. yes. I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if they did, Lloyd. Okay. But, however, I, I think the sceptics would not be convinced, even if you found a huge ship as big as the, you know, the United States nuclear aircraft carrier. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you no, always, that's something they probably don't want to find. They Some don't, people. no. I won't be surprised if they do find it. Okay. I'm interested in that. Have you got any idea where you think it might be? Yeah, I think it's, you know, the, the idea that it's up around in Turkey somewhere or in the in mountains of Ararat is not a bad place to look, but they haven't found it yet. There's, there's claims, but, yeah, nothing yet. Is it easy to get up in that area to look or... Not so I don't easy. think it is. I don't think it is. I haven't been there, Lloyd, yeah, um, yeah. so I can't comment. But I, I understood it wasn't that easy because sometimes, you know, people say that people don't want you up there. So yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, what about Indiana's Ark? You know what I'm saying? Indiana oh, Jones, yeah, Indiana Raiders Jones, of the Lost Ark, the Ark of the Covenant, which is uh, a a place where God Himself dwelt with the ancient Hebrews uh, yeah. in the Most Holy in their temple. What about that? Did I ever find that one? It went Wait. missing. What sometime? Around the time of Jeremiah, is that right? That's, that's the thought. That yeah, yeah. And I, I think there's good, 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 good reason for that because I mean the temple was destroyed in Solomon's day. Um, sorry, Don't they the, think the, Jeremiah hid it? Isn't there yeah, some? The, 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 I should say the temple of Solomon was destroyed in Jeremiah's time. Solomon, of yeah. course, lived, lived 600, 300 years before that. Um, yeah, Lloyd, I, I won't again be surprised if they do because I think actually God wants God wants people to have faith in Him. Yeah. 
And yeah. I think some of these archaeological discoveries help some people who are open-minded to, to come to faith. It, it would be, I, I guess if I was an archaeologist, archaeologist and I found the Ark of the Covenant where the mercy seat, in other words, where God himself dwelt. I, I wouldn't be afraid because God left his presences no longer there, but you'd certainly be careful around the Ark you'd of the be Covenant, respectful, I think. I reckon. I think so. Well, you know, even, to be honest, when I walked on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, now there's two uh, uh, Muslim places of worship there now, but I still... Yeah. I still, as I walked around there, actually, Hunty got himself into trouble there. He was trying to film, and the Palestinian police caught him three times. <laughs> That'd be Hunty. Three times. He almost You're got arrested. The boundaries, he was pushing the boundaries, were you, Hunty? I've been to jail before in the Middle East. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got to be careful with him. But when I was walking around on the Temple Mount, I, I felt, I don't know, I felt something there, Gary. I don't know whether that's a normal thing to experience yes. or not, but well, let me say you do feel that in Israel, especially the first time you yeah. go there. You, there's a sense that there's a there's a there's something there. However, I think too, Lord, we have to respect other Christian groups' holy sites. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. think we should be, you know, whether they're Muslims, Hindus, Christians. We yeah, we need to show respect for their sites. Well, we do, we do. This is why Hunty shouldn't have been filming. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if they, if he, they, uh, look, he knows he was filming because I wanted him to. Uh, I was allowed. Actually, I was allowed to film where I was. Were, these were great police. They were yeah. tremendous at catching people because Hunty had a iPhone. Was it Hunty? Or I was a, shitting with uh, a proper Sony A7. But I was what a hundred meters away. I'm correct on a radio. Mark. And they caught us both. Wow. Yeah. They, they allow person. They allow personal nice filming. They, yeah, they allow personal filming, but they don't like commercial filming. And they had deemed that no, we were commercial. No, there's, there's much more control up on the Temple Mount these days. Yeah. 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 Well, maybe I'll get Hunty to ask next time he's good at that. Um, if I were interested in biblical archaeology, where would I start? Oh, Lloyd, I, I thought it, uh, that's a great question. I, I, I personally think you can't go past the Adventist Media Centre. They yep. have online courses and, and print courses on what they call digging up the past. I mean, these lessons are fantastic, written by David Down and recently upgraded with beautiful pictures. Uh, but you're going to go to Egypt, you're going to go to Babylon, the Assyrians, Israel, you name it. It's about 12 lessons, and they're, they're fantastic. Actually, if you want to have a look at those lessons, I'm going to offer them to you, you Hunty. Yes. You just text to us the word, what, diggings? Yeah, dig. Digging, uh, dig. Text us the word digging, dig. Digging up the past Hope Channel, you'll get there. Yeah, well, what we'll do, yep. if, if, if you can't remember to do that and you can't find that, yep. if you text us the word, Hunty, what? Dig. Dig, D-I-G, dig, yep. to... Yep. To, our, to our number, which is 488 or email the word dig to us, info at aussiepastor.com, and we will send you through to the Adventist Discovery Centre's online learning centre. They're, they're awesome lessons, Lloyd. They are. Yeah. yeah. And as I said, online or digital or uh, yeah. print. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, last question. Very interesting talking to you, my friend. I'll let you go and get a drink of water um, after this. What is your favourite archaeological find? Oh, for me, I think, Lloyd, it'd have to be the, um, well, I've got a few of them, but one would be Caiaphas's ossuary because he's the man that tried Jesus. They've got that in the Israeli Museum. But another one, I think, for me, is that Manasseh seal because 
I love yeah. the story of Manasseh. And, I, and to see that silly seal and say, this is the guy that cut Isaiah in two, and yet yeah. God had mercy on the guy, brought him out of Babylon, and he changed his ways, and he's going to be in the kingdom. Wow, I mean, doesn't get any better than that. He reigned as king for 55 years, the longest reign of any king of Judah and or Israel, and his bloodline, he is one of Jesus' direct ancestors. That's right. Jesus' yeah. is a descendant. That, that amazes me. The blood of Manasseh is, was running through the veins of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Just incredible. God, really? God of grace, Lord. That's why God is all about grace. Hey, just before you go, I want you to go back to um, Caiaphas. What did you say they found? Because I'm pretty they, sure they our listeners Ka- won't know what that is. Yeah, Caiaphas is ossuary. In ancient times, you know, when a person died, they'd put him in a tomb. Mm-hmm. So the body decomposes and left with bones. You gather the bones together and put them in a box, and that's called an ossuary. So they found Caiaphas's box with his bones with bones in it. You know, that's, that's unbelievable. Wow. And he's the guy who crucified Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, fantastic. Right. Loved having you on board today. Uh, I find archaeology very interesting, actually. It's one, uh, as a pastor, a, a teacher and a preacher, it's one arrow I don't have in my quiver, which I would love to have. Because I have found that people today are fascinated with archaeology. Yeah, Lord, it was something in my own journey because I, I, um, I wondered whether there was a God and so I started looking at archaeology and I realised, well, at least the Bible's not fairy tales. And then I saw some of the prophecies, especially about ancient civilizations. I thought, yeah. God, someone's got to be behind this thing. So that helped my own journey. That's why I share it. Hey, do you do anything on Faith FM? Do you have a program, a show? Yeah, we, we did when I was in, living in Tassie, but I'm living in Sydney now, so I, I'm not, I haven't got a program now. Any idea in the future that you might do something on archaeology for Faith FM listeners? Yeah, well, I'm going to be doing one on Voice of, Voice of Hope, actually. Uh, okay. I just got approached the other day. Uh, that's a bit of, I think it goes globally as well, that one. So, yeah, yeah. yeah we're, we're going to be doing something on, on archaeology. Okay. We'll look forward to that. God okay. bless you. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks Gary. Look after that cough, and Thanks, we'll talk honey. to you again soon. Thanks, bud. See ya. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Hey, Hunty. Yeah, mate. Is it too long? Is it too late to send some questions in for us? Let me give it another plug. Coming up after this next song is our favourite segment, Ask the Aussie Pastor. And if you'd like to ask a question, you can text them to us on 0488. Double eight zero eight five one, or you can email them to us, and the email address is info at aussiepasta dot com. Any question, Hunty? Any question? The harder the question, the better, because Lloyd's answering them. <laughs> I don't have any help help today either. <laughs> Usually, I have help for this segment. I don't have any. Uh, this next song, if heaven was never promised me, is from the late Andre Crouch. He wrote this song, and he sings this song, and it's a song about even if there wasn't heaven. Jesus is so good, I would want to walk with him anyway. I hope you enjoy it. You may ask me why I serve the Lord. Is it just for heaven's gain? Or to walk those mighty streets of gold? And to hear the angels sing Is it just to drink 
from the fountain That never shall run dry Or just to live forever Ever and ever In that sweet old by and by But if heaven never was promised to me Welcome back, listeners. Yeah. That was a beautiful song. And it's now you like time. That song? Yeah, yep. You like that song, I, I did like that song. Andre Crouch passed away. Yes, just recently, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, very sad. Oh, he was a pastor, songwriter. Um, very talented musician. Yeah, good guy. Mm. Mm. So it's time for Ask the Aussie Pastor. Yep. And I noticed our first question is from a listener who I know was listening last week because... They say, I don't know if it's male or female, they say um, that they love that you love Anne of Green Gables. We're also fans. Anyway, the question is... Yeah, fancy, fancy hunter, <laughs> you not knowing who Anne of Green Gables was. I'll rub that in again. Was. <laughs> A cultural wasteland out there, Anne of Green Gables. Very famous. Now, I hope you went and bought yourself the series and are reading it now. I'm sitting in my little island here. Not not going anywhere or buying anything. <laughs> I bet your wife knows who Anne of Green Gables is. <laughs> I'll, I'll give her a yell. She's not far away. Um, <laughs> all right, let me get on to the next question. Our church is yeah. currently struggling through disagreement and conflict. It is difficult to discern who, in fact, is being led by the Holy Spirit because there are so many differences of opinion that claim to be supported by Scripture. There are questions and topics that seem to be avoided or disregarded because they provoke uncomfortable and sometimes sensitive, argumentative discussion. Even though they may be relevant, can you give us any advice? Uh, well, a church is made up of people. 
Whenever you have people, you're going to have some disagreements at times, auntie. Fair enough. You can't escape it. And having been a pastor for 32 years and had many, many churches as I've served in, I can tell you that where there's people, there'll be disagreements. Even born again followers of Jesus Christ can have disagreements. There was sometimes tension between Paul and Peter, both apostles. You know what? Uh, our, list, our listeners won't believe this, but sometimes you and I have tension. <laughs> Only when you're misbehaving, <laughs> which unfortunately is all too common. How goes my strength? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so that's the first thing. Is wherever there's people, you're going to have tensions and disagreements. True. Number two, churches need to pray together. And so if you've got disagreement and tension in the church, whatever the issue is, you need to be able to meet together and pray about, pray for each other first yes. and yep. then pray about the issue and for the Lord's leading and wait. He will come. He will give his church a way through. Uh, so that's the second thing. The third thing is this. Um, even in the church, there are those who don't follow Christ. Um, and so they will advance things that are not necessarily of the Lord or of the Bible. And we need to, in our own individual lives, if we're Christians and followers of Christ, be men and women, young people of Scripture. And what I mean by that is we need to be into the Bible. We need to know the Bible. I'm into the Bible twice a day, Hunty, nice. and sometimes more. Uh, but at least twice a day, I encourage people, if you're going to be a follower and a disciple of Jesus, start reading the Bible, read it in the morning and read it at night. Um, and when you get into the Bible, you get to see what is truth and what isn't, and you're able to discern for yourself truth. Whether You can discern truth even when it's in, you can discern truth and error even when it's in the church, Humpty, because you measure it, you keep taking it back to the Bible. True. So these issues that are separating people, where you're not sure or right or wrong, go to the Bible, find out what the Bible says, and you'll know the truth for yourself. And in the end, you're the one who must know the truth anyway. Indeed. There you go, Hunty. Good Hope answer. Yeah, thank answer. you. Yep. All righty, next question. Is this rain on Sydney that has turned into devastating floods a result of God's judgment on our city for its wickedness? Wow. Um, I find those questions hard to answer. Um, for a couple of reasons. The first one is I'm not God. I don't know. Um, the rain and the floods, God's judgment. Well, I follow God and I'm a disciple of his. I'm not perfect, but I'm a believer. And my house is going under, hunty. It's not yep. going under. It's, it's, it's gone. under. It's under. Yep. It's, 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 uh, yeah, it's gone. How, how much it's under by, we don't know. And I'll let... Oh, don't worry, I'll give you an update, listeners, as we find out, but it might take us a week or two before we can even get out there. Yep. Um, I don't think, look, these sorts of things, natural disasters fall on the earth um, three ways, really. One, it is true that times in the Bible God did send judgment on a wicked culture and a wicked society, and it's not a popular thing to study or to read or to to look at, and especially in our culture, hunty, we don't like that idea that God would send judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing is it could be the work of Satan, yep, who persecutes and oppresses mankind. Or thirdly, it could be a work of nature. What's this one? Well, I'm suffering, so I tend to. I don't know. 
hunting. That's, yeah, it's a tough question I to answer. I can't mm. really answer that question. Mm. Uh, All right. I, I, t- I tend to lean to the fact that it's a part of a world breaking down, nature breaking down, not working how it used to, whether that's global warming or something else. I'm, I'm not sure on that either, but I tend to think it's nature breaking down. But again, I don't absolutely know. And how can you know and how can you really answer those sorts of questions? Mm, true, true, true. All right, let's move on. Um, does the Bible and God allow for transition from male to female or vice versa? In other words, is transgender okay by God? Okay, uh, that's another one of those questions, isn't it? Um, mm. I think I'll answer that with a scripture. Let me just check here, Hunty. Yep. My Bible. I've got one here. Is that all right? Yep, yep. Have I got time to... Yep, just, no, we're doing good on our um, run sheet today. Hunty can see I've me not, here. I am I've genuinely not, open. I've not had to strike anything off the run sheet yet. Ah. I guess there's always time. Listen what to a, this. This is Genesis chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. I'm just going to answer this by reading the Bible and leave it at that, Hunty. Okay. Is that all right? Yep. This is the book of the genealogy of Adam. In the day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. That's nice, isn't it? Mm. Man's made in the likeness of God, verse 2. He created them male and female and blessed them and called them mankind in the day they were created. So the Bible says he created them male and female and blessed them and called them mankind in the day they were created. So I think I'd leave it at that, aren't We are created male and female, man and woman. All right, this next question is a tricky one. In yep. Deuteronomy 12, verse 23, it says that we should not eat the blood of animals. Does that then exclude blood transfusions? No, nah, that's not a tricky one. That's an easy one, aren't <laughs> The short answer is no, it does not. Uh, so doesn't the Bible say we can eat the animals who've got cloven hoof? Um, look, in this day and age with the science we have, I would encourage vegetarianism, Yep. even the, even veganism. Fruits, grains, nuts and vegetables, you, you can't go wrong. Um, my own testimony, I've got pre-diabetes, as you know, auntie, the moment I start eating fruits, grains, nuts and vegetables, what happens? Yeah, it goes I get away. better. Yep, yep. And I get better quickly. I mean, I've got right now my right eye, I mean, it's like vivid at night when the light's off. <laughs> you know, I'm getting flashes going around and around the outside show. of my eye. And it's dropping these black floaters into my eye, hunty. Yep. Um, as soon as I start to clear my diet up, uh, go fruits, grains, nuts and vegetables, that, and, and drinking water, uh, getting away from processed foods, um, this is a good thing, and it's how you're designed. It's how you're uh, physically designed to be uh, vegan. But you don't have to be a vegan, and if you're going to eat meat, um, fair enough. You need to eat meat that uh, the Bible says um, animals with a cloven hoof and chew the cud or fish with scales. Yep. Interestingly, science now backs that up, Andrew. True, true, true. Backs it up. Does. No longer uh, are we out on our own on this, because science will say, look, uh, be very. I mean, I, I have seen the World Health Organization come out straight out and say pork is a poison. Don't eat it. Mm, yep. Straight out. It's full of bugs. We already know that it's the blood in the animal that brings the disease from the animal into human in, into the human experience as we consume the animal. The diseases are in the blood, and so when God says, "Oh, look, uh, if you must eat meat, make sure you bleed the meat out." He's, he's not 
being a painful. He's just saying, look, I made you. I know how you work. And if you want to be healthy and you want to eat meat, you need to eat it without blood. Yep. I think that that principle still is very, very strong today. We need to get Ross Grant back on and yeah, talk to we him do. about some of these things, Dr. Ross Grant, because he's in the know of this. But I'm telling you, um, the principles that the Bible put forward not to eat blood, uh, they ring true scientifically today. Okay, well, this question's a but, two-part question. But the blood transfusion's a completely different thing. I'm yeah. not eating blood when I have a blood transfusion. I'm taking blood because somehow, somewhere, I've lost blood, human blood. I'm not eating it. Yep. I find it amazing that you have some religions who will ban blood transfusions. By the way, let me make it very clear. The Seventh-day Adventist Church, the church I belong to, does not ban blood transfusions. We own the largest, I think it's the largest private hospital here in Australia, the Sydney Adventist Hospital, the yep. SAM. Yep. We do blood, you used to work there hunting. Sure. We, we do blood transfusions and I, all over the place. Yep. I'm, I'm not a medical person. But but that's not an Adventist, never was an Adventist position. There are other churches that take that position. I'm amazed that you could go to the hospital, say your little child needs a blood transfusion, and you're resisting that, and yet on the way home you'll stop at McDonald's and have a burger full of blood. Right. So you eat the burger, but you won't take the blood transfusion. doesn't make sense. When you take a blood transfusion, you're not... Eating the blood, you're having a blood transfusion. Okay. So you can have your life saved. Often so it'll save your life. Okay, well, that's... Does uh, that make sense? Yeah, that, make, what I'm that makes sense, yep. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. listeners, yep, feel free to have your medical emergency blood transfusions. Okay, um, in Colossians 2, the Bible says that no one should judge or condemn me for the Sabbath. Does that mean that it's been done away with? Uh, I'm going to go to the Bible again. Colossians that one. 2, it says. I'm going to read it. Colossians. Doesn't give a Colossians verse, Ephesians, only a chapter. Colossians 2. Just a second, mate. Now, just so our listeners know, I am looking this up, aren't I, Auntie? Yep. I think it's, yeah, it's verse 16. You want me to read it? Yes, please. So let, this is Colossians chapter 2, verse 16. So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. So it's saying let no one judge you in food or drink or regarding a... So don't let anyone judge you in regarding a Sabbath. The word is Sabbath. And what a lot of people do, I see this in a lot of Protestant Christianity, a little bit in Catholicism too, but not as much. Um, they'll say, so, so they'll, they'll, they'll say the Sabbath no longer matters, and this is proof, because the Bible's saying let no man judge you on the Sabbaths you keep. Right. And they'll say, well, that does away with the Seventh-day Sabbath. Reality is it doesn't. Because in the Bible, the word Sabbaths doesn't just, I'll make sure I get this right, doesn't just point to the Seventh-day Sabbath. It points to all the festivals of the ancient Hebrews, hunting. So the Day of Atonement was a Sabbath. Okay. The Festival of First Fruits was a Sabbath. Got Does it. this make sense? Yep. The Day of Atonement was a Sabbath. Did I say that? Yeah. yeah anyway, yep. Yep. Um, these were all called Sabbaths. And what Paul is saying here is Jesus has come. He has fulfilled, which he did in the cross, and it's a great study, these Sabbaths, and so no one should judge you if you choose to or not to keep them. If you want to celebrate the Day of Atonement today, go for it, hunty. Uh -huh. I've got no problem with that. But you cannot make that a test of fellowship, uh, a test of believership, a, a test of whether you're going to heaven or not on somebody else. Right. 
because it's been fulfilled in Christ. The seventh day Sabbath, however, is a part of the Ten Commandments. And I can go, in fact, I'm just thinking this now, Hunty. I can go to, in my Bible, I can go to Revelation chapter 14, verse 12. So this, this is the last book of the Bible. Okay, mate? Yep. And verse 12. Look at this. This is talking about God's last day people. Here's the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. So two things define God's last day people. They keep the commandments of God. Yep. And they have the faith of Jesus. We could look at that text in, in maybe we'll look at that next week. That'd be a good one to look at. Yeah, yeah, good for a Bible study. They keep the commandments of God. In the middle of the commandments of God is the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath? Yep. To keep it holy. Yep, six days. And so Colossians 2 is not talking about the seven-day Sabbath. It's talking about all these festivals and feasts. We know that because Revelation 14, 12, last book of the Bible, John the Revelator says God's last day church is defined by those who keep his commandments and have the faith of Jesus. Let's look at what that means next week, Hunty. Love to. Does that make sense what yep, I said again? Yep, yep, no, I'm checking good. with you to make no, sure I'm... Yep. Um, you've got yeah. me on board, and if you get me on board, you've got everyone else. <laughs> I don't think that's true. <laughs> I don't even begin to think that's true. Come on, Dreamboat. What's the next? All right, is that la- it, or we no, got more? L- last question. If yep. God created the world... Yeah. Then why do so many scientists disregard this theory completely? Oh, we could have used that one with the archaeologists, couldn't we? We should have, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Actually, it's, not, think, it's uh, not true. There's a lot of scientists who believe in creation who are not necessarily Christian. I'm not so sure there's too many who believe in creation that aren't Christian. I think most who believe in creation scientists are Christian. That's true, sorry. I did word that yeah. wrong. <laughs> so they are... Uh, is there a lot? Well, there, there's certainly a big, big, they're, they're a tiny minority, actually. There's not many of them. Most scientists are either agnostic or out, and I think the majority would be just out and out atheists. We've seen that ourselves, hunting in our own ministry, where we did a, an atheist v. the creationist debate. Do you remember? Are you getting that another one of them up? Yeah, that going? was a lot of fun. Or... Um, just for our listeners' sake, we, we got challenged when we were at church one day. We got challenged by the Sydney atheists. They came to us and they said, we want to debate you guys publicly. And we said, okay, we'll be in that. And so we set up this giant meeting, live-streamed globally, and we had an all-out debate with their top, their top scholars. I think there were thousands of people watching that one. Yeah, yeah, and we brought our top scholars, and mm. they didn't expect the fight that they got, and they got trashed. The The Christians absolutely smashed them with DNA and all kinds of marvellous scientific things. And just recently they came back to me and said, hey, we want a rematch. To which we, said, so gonna... to which we said, bring it on. <laughs> oh, you're a bit confident. So is there a rematch going to it's, be happening? It's in the planning works at the moment, yeah. Okay. Um, look, the bottom line is that creation, read the question again just so we get oh, it. No. We got it right. Oh, no. <laughs> what if is it disappeared? Oh, I don't know. Give me a sec. This might not be easy to do. <laughs> I think it was, if okay, well, he's rummaging around. No, I can't. It was, no, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone? Really? Well, I we get questions from all sorts of places, and after I've got the question, they close the window. <laughs> I, I think it was saying, why are so many scientists, why they, they don't yeah, believe don't in creation? Believe in they creation, don't believe yeah. in creation yeah. simply for two reasons. One, they're not believers. They don't have a walk with Jesus. I think if you don't have a walk with Jesus, then you... You may or may not believe in, in creation. I know it was only when I walked with Jesus, was born again, had a real experience with him that creation became a reality to me. 
Then I started to look through uh, the glasses of creation at everything I saw. So when I go to the Grand Canyon, I, I see a biblical narrative there. I see a flood hunting. Yeah, of course. Whereas many scientists do, but some don't. Some scientists do, but many don't. And so I, I think when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and creation becomes a reality, until then, it's 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 up for grabs, and I think most scientists don't want to acknowledge God. They don't want to believe in a biblical narrative, and so they'll go everywhere they can and to every place they can, other than to God, to mm, come up with answers on our beginnings. So very true. So is that it, Hunty? Yeah, that, that, that brings question? that brings to conclusion. Ask now, Aussie pastor. If, if if they wanted to send some questions in this week, can they? Yeah, sure. You can send questions can you, can to us. Can you give them to, to tell us how to do that one more of time? Of course. If you want to light us up for next week, you can send them to us on zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one. So Texas, or you can email the questions to info at aussiepastor dot com. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Hey, Hunty. Yeah, mate. I've got two songs I want to share. One of the things I love about Jesus Christ is how he brings people together from all around the world. Mm -hmm. And so you've got people from different cultures, different languages, different tribes, different backgrounds, and we come together under Christ and we we become one, don't we? But... We still do, and I know you've seen this. How many countries have you been to, Hunty? Many, <laughs> many countries. Do you more. actually not know how many countries you've been to? Oh, someone maybe count up the other day, and I got got to a large number, but I don't remember. Sorry. You reckon it's over fifty? I don't know. I just don't remember. I, I, I filled up, I filled know, up Hunty, half a dozen passports. Hunty used to uh, travel the world, making Christian, media for Jesus. Christian Would that be a fair programs. comment, yep. Hunty? Yep. And he's been all over the place. He's seen many. I mean, I know you've been to Africa. Yes. I know you've been to Tonga. All the countries in, in Europe. Tonga. Most, of, in most of the Pacific. <laughs> and, and as you go to these different places, you see Christians, but they express themselves in music and worship a little differently. Would that be fair to say, Hunting? Very differently, but very spectacularly. Yeah, yeah. It's the same spirit that drives the worship. So i got the same song here. It's called in moments like these. I sing out a song. I sing out a love song to Jesus. It's a beautiful song, aren't they? Yes. Who have you got singing it first? Yes, so that would explain why I have the same song twice. I've got got Fountain View first. Okay, now this is, just so you know, this is a group of Canadian and American students. One of my favorite, no, it's not one of it's, well, got to be careful. It, It. I've got to be careful because one of my church members is a principal of a, a school here in Sydney. But this is one of Fountain View is one of my favourite schools. It's where I want to send my youngest son. I don't think I can because I probably can't afford to get him over there. But it's in Canada. Yep. And it's a music school, Hunty. So they they get the best of results with their kids scholastically. Yep. But it's a music school, and they're singing this song in moments like these. And this is from a Canadian. American perspective. I hope you enjoy it because when that's finished, I'm going to share with you what I'm going to, well, there's another group I want singing the same song from a completely different Is this first song sung around a campfire? Yeah. Uh, Well, listeners, if you hear a campfire crackling, you'll know why. Yep. All right, here we go. Yeah. 
So there's a bunch of Canadian-American kids sitting around the fire on a Friday night with a guitar, school kids, year 11, I think it's year 10, 11 and 12, and they're singing a beautiful love song to Jesus Christ. These mm. are young people from a Western background, okay? Mm. Now, let me ask you a question. Yep. Who's the most famous rugby union team in the world? Oh, is that the All Blacks? It is. A very 10 out of 10, I Oh, think. dear. But did you know that there are two All Black teams? No. There's a National All Black team, and then there's a Maori All Black team. Huh. And the Maori All Black team, almost all those guys who play for the Maori All Blacks, are deeply spiritual. I don't know whether you see some of our Pacific Island brothers when they're playing even in the NRL here in Sydney. I was very, I was very pleased to see at the end of the triumphant victory for the New South Wales footy team that they got down on their knees and they go, thanks to the Lord. I like that. Yeah, I'm not so sure. I'm sure he granted this beautiful state that win. Yeah, no, I don't think so. To be honest. <laughs> I'm not joking either. I don't think I don't think God gets into sport at all. Well, they go fake. They go fakes anyway. But what what you see is their faith. Yes, and I think that's a beautiful it's a, thing. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So here, here you've got a bunch of Maori boys now, not much older than the kids you just heard singing in moments like these. They're singing in moments like they, these too, yep. straight after a test match hunting. Yes, in the locker room, they're, in fact. Yeah, in the locker room. They're singing, they're praising God. And here's the thing about God. It doesn't matter what nationality, what tribe, uh, what country, it doesn't matter where you come from, you can praise God in your language, from your culture. Indeed. And here you've got some Maori boys who have just beaten the United States in a rugby union match and they come into the locker room. I love this, Humpty. Yep. And they break into worship. And there was a guy in there with an iPhone, and he filmed it. He recorded it. Yep. And here it is. Here it is. The same song from a different group, but driven by the same spirit.
Not bad, Hunty. Oh, these guys can sing. <laughs> for a bunch of rugby players. Bunch of footy players, yeah. Maori boys from yeah. New Zealand. Good you job. know what? I don't think, and I'm going to say it again, I don't think God's much interested in state of origin, rugby union, or sport. But you want to know what he is interested in? What's that? He's interested in rugby players. Yes. He's interested sure. in school students. And he's interested in you. And he's interested in me. And when we sing praises to God, Wherever we come from, whatever our culture, whatever our background, God hears us, hears us, and it's a sweet, sweet sound in his ear, mate. And when those boys full of, you know, mud everywhere all over them and bruises and battered after a rugby game come in and break in to worship to God after a rugby game, you can bet he hears them, and if he hears them, he's going to hear you yes, too. Yes, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful, good stuff. So, Pastor, what do we have on this week at New Hope? Uh, no sting, eh? Oh, I can give you a sting. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. That wasn't on the run sheet, but there's a sting just for you. That's for all the stings that were on the run sheet that you didn't do. So now you've got, I've got one back. Might have a lot of them. <laughs> By the way, Hunty, can you tell us who the guy, I don't know whether you're allowed to, but can you tell us who the guy is who, who does our little uh, intro? Something oh, yeah, he's a very famous Australian. He's um, probably one of Australia's premier voiceover artists, and he's contracted to Channel 7 for all of their very special voices. But he's a lovely Christian man, and he's my friend, and his name is Nick Mackay. And he loves Jesus. Amen. Yeah, <laughs> and we really appreciate that he helps us out. It's not the first time he's helped us out either. He's been helping us yeah. out for years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, church this Sabbath at New Hope. Yes. Will be dry. Will not be flooded because our church is on a hill. Yes. It is actually, Hunty. Think about it. Yes, it's not going to. It's not going to get flooded up there. The pastor's house must will be under. I can't keep thinking. Can't stop <laughs> thinking about that. At least you'll be able to get to church. Yeah, I will. I'll need, wa- well, need water wings to get to church this weekend. I wonder whether you'll make it. Yeah, I wonder. What do you think? Well, if the bridge is now going down, they I normally they normally open it one day after it's below the bridge height. Oh, really? Actually, I might go for a, a, a drive down to Windsor. Can you see it at night or not really? Yes, absolutely. It's, it's floodlit. You could drive down to one side of the river and I could drive to the other. We could wave to each except, other, mate. Except I'd have to drive through 10 foot of water for about a couple, <laughs> about five k's. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you know what I think? And I've been in trouble for this, but I think they should have built that bridge a lot higher. You and I have talked about this. And we disagree. And I think they should have built the road like they have on my side because I can get, you can't get to uh, Windsor at the moment on Windsor Road, but there is a bypass and it is lifted way up above the fr- above the flood, so I can drive to Windsor. I think they should have done that. Well, there's not, there's not a huge amount of point in going to Windsor now because the shops are all underwater. Not all of them, not by any stretch. No, a lot of them are. I'll they sa- they sandbagged them on, on Sunday and yesterday. I'll go down and have a look and let you know. Yeah, yeah, cool. Because I can get there, you can't. So the, the Windsor Bridge, as far as I'm concerned, it's high enough to get you across to the land. No, the land is all low there. Well, they'd need to raise the roads two or three metres all the way out to Wilberforce oh, and all the way up to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that's what they've done over this side, brother. Right. 
That's that's what I go straight across a flood plane. Did you know? Do you know, Lloyd? I was looking at um, Channel Nine footage earlier today, and they were standing next to the church we used to worship at. Yep. And the water's coming up there. And Windsor Road is closed now at our old church at Vineyard. I better go down and have a look. Mm, mm. Hey, can I, put is, a plug, can I put a plug in for where we are? That that, that is that serious. Breakers? Yeah, it is that, serious. That is, yeah. that is very serious. In fact, it's almost Again, back to... You know, I, th- I think we need to be praying for the people going through the flood, but we need to more, do more than that, Hunty. Uh, as they come out of the flood, if you've got neighbours, go over and give them a hand. Yep. Maybe we should have a church working bee <laughs> to, to come and clean the pastor's place up. Come out and clean the studio, yeah. Uh, you know what? There'd be plenty of people who come and help too. There would. That's the sort of people Christians are. Um, let me give a, let me give a point for where we are, hey? Well, you want to do that first? Yeah, I'd to love see to. what's going on at church oh, okay. this week. What's going on first, yep. Uh, good music. Always. Really good music. Because our worship leader Button and her team is on. She's I know that. Yep. This week we've got a very special. Uh, we've got some very special music, actually special item. The preaching. I'm there, mate. Good stuff. It's the Aussie pastor this week. Good stuff. Worship starts at ten o'clock. We have Bible study, and the Bible study is great. We love it, don't we? Yep. At New Hope. We have about, what, 40, 35, 40-minute 40 group Bible study yep. where we separate into the little groups and we talk about some pretty interesting stuff. We do. In fact, this week we'll be talking about the protection of God in bad times. And we didn't even know that we were going to be in a flood when we mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that, yeah, that topic was lesson. chosen a year ago. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, And then I'm going to preach my subject this week is Jesus saying, come follow me. Mm. Very stirring stuff. Now, if you can, if you live in northwest Sydney and you're not flooded in, I'm giving you a warm invitation to our church, which is where, Hunt, because yes. I still don't know the address. Yes, we're behind the alley at Quakers Hill, and it's for Samuel Place, and we're in the Life Anglican Centre. Very easy yeah. to find, just off Hamilton Road. Yeah, Um if you can't make it to New Hope, here's a good thing. Wherever you're listening in Australia or the world, there's an Adventist church near you. Now, you can just Google it, turn up, they'll welcome you. Now, I don't know. One of the things we have going for New Hope, Humpty, is every Saturday, except I think for the last Saturday of the month, we put on a beautiful, beautiful delicious, vegetarian, scrumptious lunch. Lunch. Did I say I thought someone brought some chicken once? Uh, uh, occasionally some people sneak in some some delicious it, other it, food. It went pretty fast, didn't <laughs> it? It's the first to go. <laughs> Are you vegetarian? Mostly. What what percentage would you be? Well, I'm going to have to confess my sins now, aren't I? I made uh, my wife a beautiful butter chicken last night. <laughs> <laughs> well, for what it's worth, I'm pretty much vegetarian. But other than that, I've been I've been vegetarian mostly all this yeah. year. Yeah, every time I go out with you, you're pretty much vegetarian. Yep, totally. Yeah, mm. yeah. But it's a vegetarian lunch. It's a fellowship lunch. That means you can stay, and we would love to see you at New Hope Church. If you can't get to us, that's fine. Find another Adventist church. Go. You'll find a. It'll be a friendly time, and we are a Bible based church. Indeed. Okay. It's a beautiful thing. So I'm inviting you to church, whether it's New Hope or anywhere in the world, come to church this, this Saturday, Saturday 10 and experience Jesus. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. You did pretty well with the 
Sting that time, mate. I was locked and loaded waiting for you. <laughs> you are. Fountain View College, tell the mountain. Yep. This is my favourite song. We played it once before, yep. maybe twice. Have we? It's a beautiful song. I love it. Sorrow Looking up from the Valley of fear You can see doubt Off in the distance And you're about To lose heart right here But don't ever give in Don't ever give up God is with you And you'll overcome The mountain will tell you Song. Ripper, indeed. Song by some kids who can really sing, Ooh, mate. That certainly goes off that song. Yeah, it is a nice song. Mm. Um, mm. We're going to do a Bible study, and I think we've got a little bit of time, Hunty. How, how long have we got Seven minutes, today, mate. you got seven how minutes. How much? Seven minutes and ten seconds. Seven? Yep. Yeah. Do you want to know why you've only got seven? You chose Probably a five-minute last song. <laughs> that last one? It's five. No, the, the song at the end of the program is five minutes long. 
Oh, okay. Well, let's get going. Okay. We've been talking about the Bible the last few weeks, and yep. we've been talking about predictions in the Bible and how we can rely on the Bible when it makes these predictions. Um, I want to go over one. It's found in Ezekiel 29, 14, and 15. Yep. This is a pre- this was a prediction made when Egypt was at the very height of a power. You've got to understand, Hunty, Egypt was a superpower. Yes. Uh, this is like me making a prophecy of the United States of America or, say, China. Yep. So here's Egypt. She's a superpower. And Ezekiel makes this prediction when Egypt was at the height of her power. Uh, you want to read it for me? Sure. Uh, here it is, Ezekiel 29, 14, 15. And the point here is the Bible is the only book I know of that can accurately predict the future in prophecy. I know of no other book. I know of no other holy book that can mm. do it. The Bible. True. And this is one of the reasons I'm such a great believer in the message mm. of the Bible. Me too. Okay, read it me to us, Hunty. Egypt, remember, Egypt at the height of a power. Go for it, Yeah, this is from the NLT version. I will restore the prosperity of Egypt and bring its people back to the land of Patros in southern Egypt from which they came. But Egypt will remain an unimportant minor kingdom. It will be the lowliest of all nations, never again great enough to rise above its neighbours. Now... Uh, I think Egyptians are some of the finest people I've met, honey. Yeah, and fact, smartest. <laughs> you want to have a look at people worshipping God with passion, yep. just Google an Egyptian ch- church uh, on the uh, on, on, on uh, YouTube, mate. They are fabulous, committed people to the Lord Jesus Christ and often worshipping in very difficult environment. But here God makes a... Prediction about a superpower. He's not against the Egyptians as much as he's just saying this will be the future of Egypt. And he's saying you are a superpower now. You will be brought down, but I will bring you back and you will never be a superpower again. I think most of us would admit today, Hunty, that uh, as fine a nation as Egypt is, it's probably ranking somewhere around our own nation, Australia, a middle power, okay. uh, maybe even one of the... the, the um, if you, if you count them up against the uh, military of, say, Iran or Saudi Arabia or Israel, maybe a long way behind them militarily. Right. And as right. God said, um, they'll never rise again to be the superpower they once were. Yep. Uh, okay. Uh, Luke chapter 21, verse 9 and 10. Got it. Here's a prediction the Bible makes, Hunty, of our day. Okay. And when you hear of wars and insurrections, don't panic. Yes, these things must take place first, but the end won't follow immediately. Okay, context hunting. Yep. This is Jesus sitting on the Mount of Olives, and his disciples come to him, and they say, what will be like in the last days? So this is what Jesus says. Start again. Okay. I I, I forgot to give the context. Oh, yeah. So Jesus said, and this is Jesus saying what will be like in the last days. And when you hear of... I believe the times we live in now, mate. Okay, sorry. Indeed. And when you hear of wars and insurrections, don't panic. Yes, these things must take place first, but the end won't follow immediately. Then he added, nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes. There will be famines and plagues in many lands, and there will be terrifying things and great miraculous signs from heaven. Jesus says, just before I come, there'll be earthquakes, there'll be famines, There'll be plagues, there'll be wars. He says there'll be terrifying things coming from the sky. Mm. Maybe the weather, hunting. Yep. Maybe the rain. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
But Jesus predicts what it'll be like at the end of time. Interestingly, that's kind of what it's like today, isn't it? So true. In fact, if you want to have a look at those prophecies, read Matthew 24 and Luke 21, because I tell you what, it is eye-opening to see what Jesus says in these chapters it will be like in at the end of time and what it's like right now in our day. That's one of the reasons, Hunty, I believe we're in the end of time. Gotcha. I really do. Okay, I want to tell you a, a couple of other things before we finish. I've only got a couple of minutes, Hunty. Yep. I know that. Two and a half. <laughs> For years, skeptics said the Bible was unreliable because, and we looked at this a little earlier, and I didn't know he was going to bring this up uh, with Gary Webster. Yep. For years, skeptics said the Bible was unreliable because yep. it mentions the Hittite nation in Deuteronomy seven one, and cities like Nineveh, Jonah one one and two, and Sodom, Genesis nineteen one, which they denied. They denied none of these places. None of these places ever existed. But now, modern archaeology has confirmed that all three did indeed exist. Nice. This is the Bible being proven by archaeology. Archaeology, uh, uh, yep. yeah. Yep. Uh, another point. Critics also said the Bible mentioned King Belshazzar. Remember he mentioned... He, this guy, Gary's taken the the, yes. the, the wind out of my sails. <laughs> the whole Bible study. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good idea. Well, let, let me remind you. Yes. Critics also said the Bible mentioned King Belshazzar, Daniel 5.1, and Sargon, another king, Isaiah 20, verse 1. And these critics said they never existed. Well, once again, it's now been confirmed through archaeology that they did indeed exist yep. because the Bible can be relied on, hunting. Yep. What about this one? Skeptics also said the Bible record of Moses was not reliable because it mentions writing uh, uh, writing Exodus 24.4 and, sorry, I'm going to say this again, Hunty. Yep. Trying to rush. You know when I rush, I tend to uh, not get out <laughs> Tri- what I want to get out. your own tongue, yes. <laughs> I'm watching the seconds go down here. <laughs> Skeptics also said the Bible record of Moses was not reliable because it mentions writing, the actual writing, you know, when you write, yep. Hunty, in yep. Exodus 24, verse 4, and wheeled vehicles in Exodus 14, 25. That's, oh, it's way too early for them. What, you mean they chariots, said, of these you mean chariots and things? Yeah. yeah okay. They said neither of these things existed at time. At, the, at that time. Wow. Well, we know because of archaeology today that they indeed existed at that time. One more. Have I got time? Yep, you got time. At one time, the 39 kings of ancient Israel and Judah who reigned during the divided kingdom were authenticated only from the Bible record. So there's 24 kings, ancient kings in Israel and Judah. And there's only the Bible that ever talked about them. There was no archaeology, you know, archaeological evidence. Yep. But then archaeologists found cuneiform records that mentioned many of these kings. And once again, it's incredible, the Bible record was proved accurate. Nice. Critics have repeatedly been proved wrong as new discoveries confirm biblical people, biblical places and events. It will always happen like that. You can be sure the Bible is true, it is accurate, and you can, hunty, you yep. can, mate, yep. you can rely on it. Absolutely. Here we go. Let's get our last song going. <laughs> Where is it? Here we go. You turn weren't your, ready, were you? Turn huh? your eyes upon Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>
Monty. Uh, yes, beautiful scene. Come to the end of the program. Yep. Hope you've been able to see Jesus in this program and how beautiful he is, how reliable the Bible is, and how there is hope even in the darkness and the difficulties of this world. Um, Hunty? Yes. We're going underwater deep now. Yep. I'd appreciate if you remember us in your prayers. Yes, please. This is a difficult time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, there are many people hurting out there at the moment. I pray you'll comfort them with the presence of Jesus and help us to realise even through these bad times that you're still there, that you're walking with us and that you'll see us through. We believe in you and we have faith. Thank you for hearing us, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. My name's Lloyd Grollam and I'm the Aussie pastor. And my name's Hunty and I'm a little techie in the dark. <laughs> we love you. We do love you. But Jesus loves you so, so much So much more. more. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining the Aussie Pastor. If you enjoyed today's program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, always to support us, go to findjesus.tv. 